the, the one critique that Will has is that he still talks too fast. I talk too fast. And in addition to talking too fast, <laughs> I too loudly agree when it is not my turn to talk. I also go on too long. Well, I would say one thing that I've gotten better at is jumping in. It's, jump, the, it's ju- the only way to stop it, me. Is jumping in while, not to cut you off necessarily, but to truncate the, yeah. the point that could be too long. Did you hear what I just did there? Mm-hmm. I agreed too yeah. loudly when it wasn't my turn. Yep, I heard. It was good. This is the Design Games Podcast. My name is Will Hindmarch. I'm a writer, narrative designer, graphic designer, and game designer. My name is Nathan Paletta. I'm a game designer, self-publisher, and graphic artist. Nathan, I want you to look back on the episode that we just recorded, and as if we were recording this at the beginning, tell me, what are we talking about on the show this time? This is our end-of-the-year reflection episode. At some point, we talked about assessing like the podcast so far as a post-playtest kind of thing, right? All right, we've done this thing, kind of an experiment from the beginning, and we changed some stuff along the way. Is it doing what we want? Are we getting what we thought we'd get out of it? Or are there things that we can change because we're going to go ahead and, unless something big happens in one or, or both of our lives, we're going to continue doing this for a little while. So yeah. what's phase two? What changes do we need to make, if any? Or were we bang on from the start and our initial impulses all? have have been validated by our by our experience so far for me a big part of it was that i i intentionally had very soft edged goals Mm -hmm. so that they would be able to change shape yes i wanted to be heard not necessarily by a lot of people but by people who wanted to hear us Mm -hmm. i want i didn't want i didn't want to just record these for no reason I would rather just talk with Nathan if it was just going to be heard by Nathan and I. Right. I'm very happy with the number of regular downloads and that sort of thing. Right. The, the thing, the hard metrics, which to me are illusory for what we're interested in anyway, because right. the, the podcast stay on 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 the internet for a long time I'd, and all that I'd, stuff. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that this is an evergreen kind of podcast, right? That people can can find it at different times right. over over the next however long and still get value some kind of, of value out of it. Yeah. And so that was that was a very easy one to hit. Not in the sense of like, oh, we nailed it, but in the sense of my. my my goal is very forgiving. Mm-hmm. The only, I think, actually, the thing that I guess would, would affect my measure of success is, for me, that wasn't met, is whether or not, well, actually, how do I put this? You know, actually, here's an example of, of when we did meet it, so you can see what it is that I wish it, that I wish I had been doing more often. Okay. The list of questions that we got about the GM designer relationship mm-hmm. and how that refined. I guess I kind of intuitively, but without really telling myself it was a goal, I wish more of that. More artifacts, I guess, is what I wish it was. Sure, yeah. Um, because I feel like I want to be able to take more stuff out put it in the show notes and more stuff from the show notes to make it so that there are ways for people to easily retweet, re-like, re-blog stuff from the show to help people find it and other people come into right. it. That doesn't involve, that's not just like, here's an episode to listen to. Like there's like, here's kind of what they're doing. Like here's yeah. what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And it had a bit of an artifact. So there was something that you could print out and tape to your desk sure. where you're working. Yeah. Like that list uh, uh, of questions, which which mm-hmm. originated with Nathan. And I think it's a great list of items. But Be- I think we refined through conversation yeah. and you know, you pointed out some, some assumptions that that I'd made in them that are not universal assumptions that were worth calling out as hmm. design questions and not just as the way that I think they should be. But the the, the the issue is that the podcast you can't really listen to while you're designing. And I guess right. what I what I what I hope for in the next volley is that we can better identify stuff that can be of use when the podcast is not being not mm. currently being played in somebody's headset. And it doesn't be a lot of stuff. But I, that, that's the thing that I was most, that was kind of the peak to me in this first, I don't want to say season, but in this yeah. first 20 episodes that I am going to change my goals for a little bit in this, in this upcoming volley is saying, yeah, let's do more of that. Let's get yeah. more of that stuff out Let's there. do more, uh, more of a cohesive 
note kind of thing something yeah it doesn't need to be bullet points necessarily but right because i think a lot of the time we talk i mean it could be something as simple as noting when we talk about something like oh there's a venn diagram of these ideas right <laughs> right like, maybe we should just draw that and have that as goes up on the tumblr yeah because it's, it's both stuff that feeds into the conversation like my list yeah and then also stuff that comes out of the conversation right. that we illustrate with words Right. But that we could also literally illustrate. I'd be fascinated to see how many times you and I have used the word spectrum and continuum in mm -hmm. these first 20 episodes and then find out how many different things we have made into spectrums or continuums. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. A lot of them. But that we can have them as And a, then go ahead and make a chart. Make a slider board, like a, a mix board, mm -hmm. a mixer, mixing board, like an audio mixing board of all the different, the gain you can turn up on. And then you set you set them all to something. It's like, well, here's how Project Dark looks. A is set to 90 and right. B is set to 70. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be a project i think that that would be a, that's if hilarious someone, if someone wants to listen through our our back catalog and just make a list of everything we've called a spectrum or a continuum go go for it let us know we'll we'll, we'll do something with that information thank you and i'm sorry What about you, Nathan? What when you look back and you compare goals goals from what we started what april july I think I might have sent you the first email about maybe doing it in like May. Okay. And then we actually sat down and started recording in, in July. July. Yeah. So if you compare the goals that you had 20 episodes ago with the goals that you have now, mm -hmm. what do you discover? I think kind of similarly to the artifact thing, which I completely agree with. I do think that some of our some of our episodes suffer, uh, and it's not like not because either of us are doing anything wrong or not what we set out to do, but I think suffer a little bit from from having maybe as many like usable takeaway mm. ideas or usable takeaway points for someone who's listening who doesn't maybe who's working on their first game right or right. or who is stuck in a design problem and i think one of our strengths is that we're able to explore ideas in a way that that people can can map it onto whatever their experience is and map it onto whatever their project is but one problem with that is that i know i come away from from some of the episodes after editing them and being like that was a good conversation but is there anything directly useful right that designer x can use to bridge this gap that they're having in their Insomniac Fighter Pilot game. Right. And sometimes there are, right? And I feel like those are my favorite episodes. And sometimes they're not. And I'm kind of like, well, hopefully they get something out of it. Well, and to me, I, I think that's, that's actually even more into the quick of what, what the artifacts are meant to right. do to Right, like me. maybe those are but the I think same point, thing in a way. I think very often they will be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that your point is, I, what, I, what I see it as is yours is the before, yours is the, the on-ramp and mine is the off-ramp. Mm-hmm. Right, so the artifact is what remains from a conversation during an episode that is built and and lasts and good. You're right, and the thesis or the which may not necessarily make it to the artifact. Right, it's not a right. matter of that the episode doesn't exist to prove it's that not this a is one true. to one. It's not a one thing. to one. Yeah, but that we that that have a stronger sense of in this episode, not just we, we've been doing it topically as opposed to pointedly. Right, and so if we were to and that's something we could pivot on a little yeah. bit if we wanted to, and and like I think we did with the dice episode where we kind of like yeah. We're like, let's drill down into a thing as yeah. opposed to like address a topic. Because that wasn't the probability episode. Right. Right. That was the dice episode. Yeah. And and there will always be that element of discovering, I think, during a conversation, because our conversations, because we don't script any of this stuff. Right. So this, these are actually conversations that there will be emergent properties like right. in play that we, are, we will find out that we came in thinking we were going to do a scene about uh, the flow of time in play, which is right. this thing I really want to cover. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or we're going to come in doing an episode about how to model physics in play or whatever mm -hmm. it is for aeronautics. And then we're going to, uh, uh, find out that that episode ended up being all about agency or mm -hmm. weather or whatever. Yeah. 
I suspect that if we start doing our planning, which we do very little of, it's mostly like, what's the topic we should talk about? And then that's what we talk about. But I suspect if we do our planning and our note taking a little bit during the episodes with an eye towards finding or creating some of these artifacts, yeah, I suspect that that will also map with sharpening up useful points for people to take out of the episodes. Right. I don't think it's a one-to-one, but I do think those two, those two streams are related. So going forward, I think maybe we'll try that and yeah. see if that solves either of those problems. And I think part of it is is not just coming in with an episode to prove an idea, right. to prove a thing, but to come in with a thing that we consider to be whether it's a, a good pull quote or something that we've learned mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And like I said, that might even make it that might even make it to the cut of the episode. Right. But that it gives us enough, I think, a better trajectory coming in. To be honest, I don't think this would have been a good idea 20 episodes ago. Not that I wouldn't have thought it was a good idea 20 episodes ago, but I think the exploratory nature of these first volley of episodes has been very fruitful. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's been very good in part. This boy, I was almost going to say this is going to sound so pejorative to us, which is not, which is fair. But is that I feel like what it, one of the things it did is it changed the barrier to entry in terms of I don't want to be so highfalutin that it sounds like if you'd come into the show or into game design not knowing this or that term that you can't participate. Right. Right. And I know me, I'm going to have a tendency to maximize, to, in, in an attempt to maximize the time that I have to record, mm-hmm. I'm going to want to deploy more jargon than is smart. Or okay. I'm going to want to find or create jargon mm-hmm. to, to, to get more said in, in a shol- smaller time. Mm-hmm. And I like that by being exploratory, and this is something I think will continue to be true in the show, but that I like is that these kind of conversations in the design process you go through, that, w- that we go through as all of us as designers, saying, I want the game to do this thing. And first I'm going to find out what that, I'm going to aim for kind of how I know it feels and what it should kind of look like. Right. And then you reach this point and you and you go, okay, so right, now, we now it's time, to, now we reflect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's funny because first of all, I think, one of the things that you do that I really appreciate is checking me on language use and being like, well, when you say that, here's what I hear. And then mm. we actually talk about what the term, what we're actually trying to talk about. Right. And that we're not going as far into lingo and jargon as we probably could. So it's interesting to hear that, uh, I, that you're tapping the brakes on that yourself because I feel like whether you're doing that intentionally for me or not, I think it's, it's to the benefit of cool. the conversation. One of the things I'm happiest about with the first run of episodes is the the fact that I think it shows, not to diminish anybody's work as a game designer, but how easy it is to get started. Mm-hmm. Starting a game design is not nearly as hard as people think it is. Finishing game design is much harder than people think it is, mm-hmm. but achievable. There's nobody out there, I think, listening to this who, who can't with time and with the, the will to do it, right. pretty much. I was going to say vision, but even that is a loaded word, Yeah. by which I mean... The, vision the, helps. Yeah, but the discipline or the or the stick-to-itiveness to stay with their vision. Yeah. Being able to come in and talk about game design, whether it's at the in our Google community, which is just getting started, mm-hmm. or whether it's just anywhere on Google+, or anywhere on Twitter, or anywhere on Tumblr, or anywhere on a Reddit mm-hmm. thread, or whatever it is that you're doing, the ability to talk about it with others and with yourself is so important. Yeah. And and if that is that if that is a thing that we can help communicate just by showing which is one of the reasons why I've kind of tended not to come in with a, a long list of points I wanted to make. One is because the topics we we've picked are ones that, that we, either you and I have kind of talked about before with other people and a lot. And they're pretty wide. So they're far pretty they've been wide, pretty yeah. wide. So like trying to, you know, here's the six bullet points or whatever, like is right. a, a kind of a, a false way to narrow it. Right. Like yeah. it's kind of a bottom bottom up instead of top down. I don't know. But it's uh yeah right. But it's um the this the the fluidity of it I think is is helpful for showing how fluid the process can be because one of the reasons I think for me in any form of design that I've attempted, 
especially one that that I long admire, which is pretty much everything I've ever attempted, but, <laughs> that, but that is that I've admired the the people who have done it well before me, as opposed to thinking I'm just going to blaze a new trail and do and break all the barriers and disrupt everything, mm-hmm. which is which can also be great, but it's not generally where I excel. But that for me is saying that's cool. I want to do something like that. Is thinking that there is a system in place or a methodology in place when there isn't one. Right. I'm going to name drop just a little, but there's a the director of the most recent Mission Impossible movie was doing a Q and A. Uh, his name is Chris McQuarrie. Uh, he wrote things like The Usual Suspects and and the new Mission Impossible movie and, and Way of the Gun and stuff. And he's uh, he was doing a Q&A. I was struck by how often the questions were, how does this work? When do you do this when making the movie? How do you do this when writing a script? And so these great questions. And then and so many of the answers are, you just, you just got to do it. Yeah. You just got to sit down and how do you know, when does a character, uh, at what point does a character reveal itself in a script? They don't, you have to, you have to do that. They don't just reveal themselves. You have to make that happen, right? And I mean, his answers were much better than what I'm alluding to. What I'm getting at is that what I realized was how simple and difficult everything was coming across as being. And that's very often a thing that I don't think gets communicated enough to new designers. So that was one of the, one of the hardest parts, but also probably the part that you most have to do in design school. So when I got my grad degree, the amount of frustration of not you'll know when you see it that's a little reductive but more like here's this thing it's not communicating the thing you want it to communicate it's not working the way you want it to work and it's like okay so how can i fix it and the answer was pretty much like try a bunch of stuff and see what works yeah. like you I, have to like how do i fix it well you have to fix it how do i do that and the answer is you have to figure it out and i think the the most helpful teachers and mentors in that in that process to me were the ones who offered some kind of here are some options mm-hmm. or like here are some resources here are some starting points starting points here's yeah. some prior art that you should look at for inspiration like here are questions that have worked for me right yeah. yeah or like when i saw a problem like this here's what i did so maybe you should try starting with that point and the least useful were the ones who said we'll do this how do i fix it well you do this and then it's like all right well the teacher told me to and then you do that and then at the next evaluation it's like this is still not communicating this is still not doing the thing and but i painted it blue like you told me right yeah. yeah and it's like becoming becoming a designer right like whatever for whatever value that means it works differently for everyone and some people can just have an idea and get it down and have someone play it and it works and it's great at the mm-hmm. end and some people have to toil and bounce ideas around and go back to first principles and redesign and find the right audience cuz the original audience they thought they were designing for is actually not the audience for the game that they're designing or whatever and and, um, and there's no guarantee that one of those is going to be the way it is for you the next time. That so, is also right. that is also very true. So I think one thing that I like about what we've been doing here, if people listening disagree with this, I'd love to hear about it because I'd want to change it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think we've done a good job of keeping, of trying to not only be positive and encouraging, but also try to present as wide an angle lens upon what we're talking about as possible so that people can find their own way into it from multiple vectors, mm-hmm. depending on their own experience, enjoyment, process, and all those other aspects that we don't get to see because we're not them. That's Something that I also feel like is one of the few topics that we can revisit over and over and over again on the show is ways into a new design Mm -hmm. because that will be an evergreen topic and because I I hope that we get comments at SoundCloud, comments on the Tumblr, comments at Google Plus that tell us I still haven't found my way into whatever because of X or I tried Mm -hmm. this and it didn't work for me. This is what happened instead. Because there are as many ways in as there are people, uh, potentially. And I think we've done a good job, but I also think that that's the, the audience, I hope, that is going to approach game design and tabletop design in particular and RPG, tabletop RPG design 
in particular, particular, is going to get bigger, should be getting bigger. Mm. And we should be helping to make that get bigger. And that means that, that we will probably have to readdress that topic again anyway. And that, and that that will not be a sign that we that we didn't do it right the first time. Right. And I like that that's a metaphor for game design in itself. Yes. <laughs> I feel like doing doing the podcast has been a really nice combination of something that is still technically work, I guess, for both of us, but it doesn't have the same mental and like emotional space for mm-hmm. me that like doing other work does. But I feel like I'm still getting a progressive amount of benefit out of it personally, as well as putting out something that I'm I'm actually pretty happy with and proud of into the yeah. world for other people to listen to, respond to, drive their own thought, you know, drive their own design process and all that, all that good stuff. The metaphor I was thinking about this after since last week for me is that this is the podcast was like I took up jogging so that I when I go to work, I work, I get to work faster and I work with better clarity because I can I have to externalize stuff that I've been internalizing for so long. Right. For the podcast, I externalize stuff as we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it makes me realize that what I thought, what I had in my head is kind of three nebulous ideas is actually one idea and I know how better how to implement it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the, 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 the big kind of takeaway from these first 20 episodes to me has been the value, whether or not, I mean, I think it's especially if you can, I mean, get yourselves a, a Nathan Pauletta and have a conversation <laughs> with them every week. I recommend it. Or get yourselves just a, a, a fellow, a player or a GM designer or a player designer or just a player, or whoever it is that's willing to talk some shop. Yeah. It, it helps if they're your friend. It's very good if, if you're friendly with them and you have that rapport. <laughs> rapport is very important. Mm-hmm. But is that uh, even saying it out loud to yourself at your desk or and this is, I mean, part of it's the same thing as like keeping a notebook, right? The stuff that you mm-hmm. know isn't for prime time. The stuff that you know isn't for anybody's eyes but yours, which I was doing before. But then this, the podcast becomes this in, this in between thing to me where it's a conversation about what's going on, but it is not a game, but it is also public enough that I, you know, I comb my hair for these things. Yeah, and there's there's some accountability, right, in the sense that we want to make sure we get one done every week and yeah. that it's of a, a quality that reflects, you know, the quality that we want to have in our work generally and Right. So so that's the the where I think being able to look back on the show like this is mm-hmm. is of is applicable to game design and 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 what I think we're all aiming to do is the ability not only to stop at certain milestones and look back, mm-hmm. but is the ability to talk over decisions with yourself and re-examine them later. And that I think there's a, there's there's an instinct in any hobby or business or pastime that values innovation the way that admittedly gaming does. Mm-hmm. But is that to think that if you go back and you ask yourself a question and you get the same answer, then you wasted your time asking the question. Mm. And there's an intuitive feeling that, well, really externalizing sure. it, that that's sort of the, the thing where you go back and you say, does, does this system adequately model the car chases that I want in this game? Yes, but I knew that already. Mm-hmm. No, but check anyway, right? That's good. If you, if you look back and you say, is this doing what I want it to do? And the mm-hmm. answer is yes. That takes a second, but it's, that can be valuable intel because you, you want to find out as soon as possible that right. it's not. Well, and also in your design process, like validation is a very important thing, both in the, yeah. in the sense of being validated in your choices, right? Like as an external thing, but also in the technical sense of like, does the square peg fit into the square hole that I designed for it? Yes or no validating right. that decision and and making sure that what you think is happening has in fact happened um and it's continuing to happen now that you've gone back and written the airplane chase rules right. Do the car chase rules still do what you think they did right do they do, do they still validate the old the old kind of cohen about the difference between knowing the path and walking the path mm-hmm. how do you explain to somebody what it's like to fall off your bike and break your leg right and you tell them well it hurts you might see bone it's real bad 
And then, and so you say, so I shouldn't ride bikes. No, you should absolutely ride bikes. Right. It's going to happen though. It might happen. Yeah. Right. And you can be completely honest to somebody about both the pain of it and why it's good to, why riding a bike would be great anyway mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And until you can exchange that look or that, that the commiserating vowels of just, oh, Mm-hmm. with somebody else who's experienced it it's it's knowing and walking the path riding a bike on the path are yeah. never the same thing well and i think that's the greatest argument for designing your first game yeah if you have an idea and you've just not managed to make it work or you haven't made the time for it or whatever just doing it and getting it done and moving on you know is how you get on the path basically right i don't know and i'm sure someone out there is like this but i don't personally know anyone who's like oh yeah the first game I made, that was the best one. And I stopped, right? Some people stop. Some some people do do one game and then decide it's not it's not worth it for them. It doesn't, Even they're not those, getting what they wanted out of it. And, or, and I can think of people who have stopped and find out that they didn't really stop. They just paused. Yeah. <laughs> right? that, so even right. the stopping stops. <laughs> right. But yeah, the, but what I see far more often is here's a game. I've designed it. I've produced it to whatever level of production it requires. I've gotten out into the world and whatever vector that is. It's a PDF. It's a Kickstarter. It's a whatever. And then a couple months, a year, two years down the line, they go, I could do like, I'm, I'm working on a new thing and it's going to be so much better. Right. Right. Like I can do so much better than that first game, even though in the moment you're still, you're executing the best of your ability. You're doing the best work you can, you know. And you're very possibly creating that game that was, that gave you the spark to make games in the first place. Right. You have that enthusiasm. Yeah. You have the enthusiasm for it. Right. And then you finish it and then the next idea comes and you realize that you can do it better. And that's the, I mean, that's the, that's, that's the secret sauce, I guess. Like that's the, the, the part that I hope people get to. Yeah. Because I think that's when maybe some of the stuff is a little more ephemeral or a little more theoretical that we talk about. I think that's when that stuff might start to make, be more applicable. Kind of in contrast to what I was talking about earlier, where it's less about here's a specific thing that will fix what I'm doing and more about here's another way to think about what I'm doing. Yeah. Does yeah, that yeah. make sense? Um, let me toss that back to you to see if what I got is what you were saying. It's not just how you approach the design and why you approach the design. It's not all steps. It's also a question of where are you standing in relation to it? Mm -hmm. And there's no way to look back on a design without doing it. Right. Until you can have hindsight on a design, you've never seen it from all sides. And you probably never Mm -hmm. will see from all sides. Your your players and your audience will will see parts of it you've never seen. Right. Or facets to it that you didn't appreciate for good and for ill. But so that ability to look back with near perfect hindsight on your own work, Mm -hmm. there almost isn't a substitute. There isn't a substitute. There isn't a substitute. Yeah, I think you're, yes, I agree. And I think that's getting back to what I was kind of trying to talk about with my uh, school example, which was like, to figure it out, you just have to do it. I'm, and I'm hoping that we're in that position of that helpful voice saying, here are some ideas, here are some things that work for us, here are some experiences we had that right. might be helpful for you. Some ways to get out of jam. Yeah, here are some other thoughts. Here's a, you know, here's a, a thing to try. And even if it doesn't work, maybe it'll open a new door for you. Go do it. We want you to go through that experience yourself. And what we don't want to be is the people saying like, here's how it's done. So right. if that's what you're getting out of this, please tell us so that we can change. <laughs> I consider the anecdotes of, of this is how something was done or this is how we did X. Mm-hmm. I, as a designer, I, I mean, when I'm hearing other people do that and when I, when I set out to do it myself, to take it in a context that says, okay, so so this one time you did you flipped this combination of switches in these orders and it resulted in worldwide wrestling. Right. If I do the same thing, it will not result in worldwide wrestling. Right. So it's not exactly a recipe. It's the creation of a recipe. I don't know. It's such a weird... There's no, yeah. there's no metaphor for doing it. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening to the Design Games Podcast. This was a really great conversation, but sometimes our conversations go a little further afield. When that happens, we make them into backer-exclusive episodes, which only our Patreon backers get to hear. I am at patreon.com slash wordwill, and Nathan is at patreon.com slash ndpaletta. You can find all of our older episodes, as well as everything else Design Games Podcast related, at designgamespodcast.com. What do people even say at the end of a podcast? What happens if it just...